I'm Glenn Robinson, and I've spent the last 30 years as a healthcare leader and overseeing large organizations. And before that, I was in the news business. And I'm Jacob Robinson, his son. I've spent the last five years building a business and learning lessons of leadership along the way. And this is our podcast, Chasing What Matters. On this podcast, we're going to interview leaders from all walks of life and hear their stories of successes and failures and what has made them become who they are today and how their faith and families played a role in their lives and leadership styles. During these interviews, we will be discussing things from business to politics, healthcare to nonprofit, and anything in between to find out how these leaders are chasing what matters in their work and personal life. So welcome to another episode of Chasing What Matters. Hey everyone, we're so glad you could join us. I'm your co-host, Jacob Robinson. And I'm your other co-host, Glenn Robinson. First, let me just say how thankful we are for all of you, our faithful followers. We love hearing from you. We love hearing from our listeners, whether it's recommending another great guest or feedback to improve our podcast. We just really love it when you have new ideas for us. And recently, Jacob and I were talking and a, a listener shared a great idea with him. Yeah, so my dad and I, we've we've been very fortunate. We've been invited uh, as guests on other people's podcasts to talk about things from uh, our careers uh, to leadership ideas to Melissa and I's journey with Pierce. And a, a good buddy of mine suggested that we re-air some of those episodes on our platform. You may remember this summer, Jacob was a guest on a podcast with John Barnes called Starting Out. If you missed that one, scroll back through our previous Chasing What Matters podcast and take a listen. It was episode 15 of season three. Recently, I had the pleasure to be asked to appear on a different podcast called the Denver Medical Study Group Healthcare Podcast. The Denver Medical Study Group is made up of more than 100 healthcare professionals who work with leading institutions throughout the Western United States. The group was formed in 2008 and recently launched its own podcast to discuss timely topics on leadership and healthcare. It's hosted by the founder of the group, Chris Hadley. Here's that episode. Welcome to the DMSG Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hadley, with the Denver Medical Study Group. It's my pleasure today to visit with Glenn Robinson, past president of Waco, Texas region of Baylor Scott and White Health. In 2020, he launched Pacer Consultants, LLC, as president specializing in healthcare coaching and healthcare consulting. Glenn was recently the keynote speaker for the Denver Medical Study Group on the topic of a new era, where do we go from here? His presentation was about what healthcare leaders are thinking and doing to best position their healthcare delivery systems for vitality in the days ahead. Glenn, thank you for joining me today. Would you tell your listeners about a little about yourself and your background? Sure, Chris. Uh, you did a great job of, of covering some of the highlights uh, up until 2020 uh, for 13 years. I, I was truly honored to serve as regional president for Baylor Scott and White in the central Texas area, uh, including Waco and the surrounding areas. And uh, prior to that, I was with uh, several uh, for-profit healthcare systems, uh, Tenet Healthcare and also Triad Healthcare. And uh, I was born and raised in Georgia, uh, graduated from the University of Alabama. 
Later, to, I went back to school as an adult to get my master's degree in healthcare administration from Trinity University. And uh, for the last 22 of the, my 30 plus years in healthcare, truly honored and, uh, to be able to serve as a CEO of hospitals in Oregon, Texas, South Carolina, and then back to Texas. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, you launched Pacer Consultants in 2020 when you, after you retired from Baylor, Scott & White. Um, what was your vision for Pacer Consultants in the beginning? And has it changed as we transition out of the COVID pandemic? Uh, great questions. Uh, you know, for me, maybe just a little bit of how it even got started. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the right word to describe 2020 for all of us. Uh, maybe meaningful. Uh, 2020 was a meaningful year for all of us uh, for about a thousand different reasons. It was impacting all of us. And uh, even though that I was turning 65 in 2020, if you'd asked me in January of that year, I would have told you that uh, if uh, my health remains, uh, I'd Love to serve uh, Baylor Scott and White for another three to five years because I was blessed with an amazing team, uh, tremendous medical staff. We love living in Waco. Uh, we love living in Texas. Uh, but when the pandemic hit, my first thoughts, of course, were to get our hospital and team ready. Our team was able to do that. In the first half of the year, we focused a lot of time on adequate supplies of PPE, as we know, personal protection equipment, and uh, and also just communicating constantly with our team and what we were learning. And then, of course, there was the fun part of stabilizing our finances to prepare for what we knew was going to be a rough ride ahead. But Personally, it was a different deal. It was very challenging for us because Rhonda and I have been blessed with six grandchildren, and we've always been involved in their lives and helping our kids care for them. And it's especially true for our oldest grandchild, who is Pierce. Pierce was born normal, but at 21 months of age, uh, he suffered a sizable brain injury following a big bout of bacterial meningitis. And so uh, now Pierce requires one-on-one -on -one care when he's awake. And so it's an exhausting uh, parenting responsibility for our kids, even though they are amazing at it. And so Rhonda and I, up until the pandemic, we were trying to give them some relief. Uh, uh, Rhonda would travel down and uh, they live, live about three hours away. And I would be down almost every other weekend, if not every weekend sometimes. But when the pandemic hit, uh, we were paralyzed. Uh, I didn't feel that I could safely go around my grandchildren knowing I was in and out of the hospital every day. And Rhonda was not sure she could safely be around the grandkids because she wasn't sure if I'd brought COVID home to her. So our family is just the most important thing in our earthly lives. And so I decided to take a bold step and step away from the president's position. And Baylor Scott and White was very kind. They asked me to stay on in a part-time advisory capacity. But Later in that year, I began working as a healthcare consultant for an international financial advisory firm. But Chris, one of the things that I enjoyed most in my career was the opportunity to mentor young leaders. Um, and so in line with that, I was asked to join a leadership coaching firm called Integris and trained by them. And, uh, and so I still work 
at Integris, and I work with several of their clients, but several other organizations had contacted me, including Baylor, Scott & White, about working with their leaders, pouring into them uh, leadership lessons that I've learned along the way, most of which a lot of things not to do, but also a few things that are helpful hints. And then there were some colleagues around the country that encouraged me to assist them with their leadership training. And so after Rhonda and I prayed about it, and before the end of 2020, we had launched Pacer Consultants. And Chris, you had asked about any changes. Uh, while our mission of helping leaders grow has not changed at Pacer, that's our that's our leading mission, help leaders become the best leaders they can be. Our scope has changed. It's broadened. And we're now working with healthcare leaders across the country. Some of those are young, first-time CEOs. Others are seasoned leaders and in an area that I am really finding deeply rewarding. And that's working with chief medical officers who are well-trained in medicine, but are wanting to grow their leadership skills as they move into the C-suites of healthcare systems across the country. So we're also working with a number of different healthcare groups, specialty organizations, and even some church leaders who are seeking to expand their leadership skills. Very interesting transition, Glenn. Thank you for sharing that. You know, you've had the opportunity to work with several healthcare leaders over the past two years, and I think one of the questions that I had was, what are many of our leaders most concerned about in healthcare? Chris, I think the overarching concerns facing so many of our healthcare leaders that I work with weariness, fatigue, burnout. Uh, Chris, their buckets are just empty. And, and that's why I really enjoy working and enjoy doing what I am now able to do and spend time with these leaders. I love our healthcare industry. And I feel that my coaching work, hopefully, in some ways, I can help these leaders rediscover their why and re-engage in their work in a meaningful way uh, so that they can re-engage with their teams with renewed energy, a renewed spirit. Uh, this is what they need to be able to lead their teams effectively, especially at this critical time. What are the challenges that healthcare leaders are facing as they approach their teams to identify and begin to implement solutions? Well, Chris, I know that you're like me. You can't hardly pick up a copy of Modern Healthcare or other leading trade journals, and and or even spend a few time, uh, you know, few minutes of time with our key leaders in healthcare, and we see the common themes over and over again: burnout supply chain disruptions, but also two very large challenges. First, this staffing shortage. It is it is a real beast. Um, and these staffing shortages range from certainly nurses at the bedside, uh, but also uh, key team members in support departments like environmental services, dietary, engineering. Uh, and then, of course, the clinical staff, lab, therapists, physician assistants, nursing, uh, advanced practice professionals, such as nurse practitioners and PAs. But the second big challenge beyond this staffing challenge, financials. Um, we're seeing, uh, in fact, just in the last week or two, we've seen some new quarter earnings posted for some of the most well-respected and well-run health systems in our nation. And these highly regarded health systems who have never seen this before are reporting losses of up to a billion dollars in one quarter. And I, and you know, we're not talking about budget misses. We're talking about true 
bottom line losses of 900 million to a billion and sometimes even higher. And so those are the key issues that just are, I believe, are keeping our healthcare leaders up at night many times. You know, uh, Glenn, I had a conversation with the chief nursing executive of uh, East Coast Health System, and uh, she was saying that the three key issues which you've addressed also are safety, quality, and financials. And uh, you've shared that with us here. Um, how does your background as a healthcare leader yourself help you coach other healthcare leaders? Do you have a, a credibility that maybe I wouldn't have with them or a perspective that I don't understand or? No, I understand uh, alternate solutions more readily. Well, Chris, I think certainly your personal background and experience would be very valuable to a number of healthcare leaders uh, tackling several problems, if it's the M&A space or uh, expansion, those kinds of things. But hopefully, uh, when leaders know that I've walked in their shoes for more than 30 years uh, and had the privilege of working with some of our nation's leading not-for-profit healthcare systems as well as for-profit organizations, hopefully that does carry some additional credibility. Uh, for, for me, and, and I think truly for all CEOs out there, our goals have not changed. Uh, there, are, there are two key goals for every successful healthcare leader that serves in the CEO position. And that's one, create a, a dynamic vision for the future of the team and the organization. And the second, care for that staff, love on that staff, uh, provide them the tools that they need be there for them, uh, just caring for the staff that makes it happen each and every day. And those goals are steady. But what we're seeing, the dynamics do change in our industry. The pressures are just tremendous. Uh, leaders every morning are waking up worried about bedside staffing. They're worried about keeping the supplies coming, uh, keeping the carts on the floor filled. They're worried about all these other moving targets, patient satisfaction, employee morale, employee engagement, uh, physician satisfaction, and then talk about a real dichotomy, volume. Sometimes we want more of it. Sometimes we want less of it. Uh, and it all depends on the payment structure that's covering that particular patient encounter in that episode. And then, as you and I have already spoken, the huge financial pressures that are there. And did I mention some of these pieces are in the midst of the most uh, change-oriented industry in the world? Uh, outside of IT, I don't know of any other industry that's changing more often uh, I, I, I tell young leaders all the time, if you're not happy with our industry today, go to sleep, wake up tomorrow. It's a new day. Things will have changed. Uh, and, and yes, I do think it hopefully helps when clients know that I've faced these never-ending challenges as well. And of course, you alluded to it just a moment ago, but we must never lose sight of the real goals of successful healthcare leaders, especially in a post-pandemic world. And those are making things safer and better for the patient better for our staff and physicians, and hopefully more affordable for everyone. Now, you have spoken about several steps leaders should take in leading healthcare institutions in this post-pandemic era. Which one or two do you think are most important? 
Well, you know, I think it begins with understanding that many of our skills and techniques that got us here are not necessarily going to take us to the next level. Um, I believe it takes innovation. I think it takes out-of-the-box thinking. And when we say out-of-the-box, sometimes people think we're talking about doing wild and crazy things. Maybe, but sometimes it's just a different approach. I recently had the pleasure of visiting your beautiful state, and I was attending a board planning retreat for the Colorado Institute of Family Medicine. And there was a board member there who's a hospital CEO over in Southwest Colorado. Colorado. And he was speaking about his staffing challenges. His greatest need was trying to fill a number of openings in his CNA ranks. Uh, we know these certified nursing assistants, vital position, very important. And he said this, he said, all of the job postings and advertising in the world were not going to help. Uh, his name is Dr. Corey Klein. Perhaps you know Dr. Klein. He's with the Family Health Center, uh, Family Health West out in uh, Fruita, Colorado. And he said this, and, and, and this is what Corey did. I love it. He invested not in more advertising. He invested in a training program for local residents there in their small community who perhaps have always wanted to work in healthcare and never had an own ramp. He was very successful in training new team members who brought a fresh new spirit, a fresh new approach to a very hard job in healthcare. But he also recruited people who have no plans to ever move away from their hometown. To me, I think it was a great step and a great idea to secure his team for today and tomorrow. I also think it's important for our leaders today, more than ever, to show up. Be more consistent with rounding. Remote leadership in healthcare just does not work. Our nurses and physicians are working remotely. They're at the bedside, and they want to see their leaders there alongside of them. And then also, I think listening is another important skill, Chris. Amir Kaisi just published a book. Uh, he's a professor at Trinity University in San Antonio. The name of his book is called Ambitious. It's not a real word, but he put together his thoughts on how successful leaders are those that blend ambitiousness and humility. Uh, in his book was a great quote that I love, and he said this, Amir Kaisi said, great leaders do not listen to respond. Great leaders listen to understand. So I think it's about staying in the conversation another 30 seconds when we're meeting with team members and physicians and stakeholders and board members. Staying in that conversation one question longer to really, really understand. And so I think those are some of the things that healthcare leaders can do in this post-COVID world. Glenn, you, you mentioned earlier about weariness and fatigue and burnout. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that with the physicians, with the CEOs, with the frontline workers. What other advice do you have for these teams to protect themselves from burnout? Chris, you've seen it more, more and more of our leaders work every day with boards, uh, governing boards that oversee them. But I would tell leaders and I would tell physicians and I would tell anyone in this demanding field of healthcare, you need a personal board of directors, a personal board of directors. What in the world is that? Well, uh, Integris, the organization that I've done some coaching with, uh, they teach the five T's and I think it's a valuable, a valuable board of directors. So who are these five T's? Well, first, 
most importantly, we've got to have truth tellers. That's the first T on this personal board of directors, truth tellers. Who are those? Well, those are people in our lives that are not afraid to speak truth into our life. They, they're, they're, they're okay approaching topics they're not crazy about, and they know we don't want to hear, but they know that we need to hear it. And a real litmus test on a truth teller, they're telling us these things not to hurt us or to harm us or to, to get a leg up on us. They're telling us because they care about us and they care about our team and they want us to win. So we must have a, at least one, two, or three good truth tellers in our life on that personal board of directors. The second are teachers. Uh, we're, we're learning every day. We need good teachers in our life, the formal teachers, but also those SMEs, as we call them, those subject matter experts. We need those people and we need to be able to draw on, 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 uh, you know, their, draw down their wisdom and their insight. Sometimes these teachers are temporary in our life. Perhaps we're working on a special project or a new initiative for our health system or our association or whatever our capacity might be as a healthcare leader. And we'll need those teachers for a period of time. The third T, trustees. Trustees, those are the wise people in our life. They're, they almost have like a grandfather type or a grandmother image uh, when, when I talk about trustees. They're the people that we're not afraid of sharing our crazy, risky thoughts with sometimes. Uh, and you know you found a good trustee when you tell them some kooky idea and they go, hmm, interesting. Interesting. Tell me more why you're thinking that. That's 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 the kind of dialogue you want with these trustees. So we've got truth tellers, teachers, trustees. You also got to have some Timothys in your life. Who are the Timothys? They're the young folks that are down uh, another rung below us or perhaps a, another generation younger than us. And we need to be pouring into them. Uh, we, we, we learn when we teach. We learn when we teach. And when we're pouring in and mentoring younger people, that can be so rewarding. And then tank fillers. Tank fillers are our fifth T. And those are the people that we just love to be around because when we have spent a few moments with them. Oh, our step is a little higher. We just feel refreshed and renewed. So build that board of directors, truth tellers, teachers, trustees, Timothys, and tank fillers. Great idea. Great idea. I'll, I'll take that back with me for sure. Well, Glenn, is there anything else you'd like to add to today's discussion before we close out? Well, uh, just a, a, a quick shameless plug, uh, but more in the line of making your listeners aware of another resource that's out there available to them. Uh, in 2020, uh, Jacob, our middle son, said, Dad, we need to uh, start a podcast as you move into this next phase of your career. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I've done some research. There are a number of podcasts on leadership and business, and then there are a ton of podcasts on faith. But he said, very few resources are out there for leaders who blend their leadership with their guiding faith. It's not about a particular denomination or religious uh, faith or a religious belief. It's it's about leaders of all faiths. And so, Chris, I'd love for your podcast listeners to join us on all the major listening platforms. The podcast is called Chasing What Matters. And then, of course, I can't close out this time without saying a special thanks to you and to uh, the Denver Medical Study Group for inviting me to be a part of, of this. Uh, this is a great experience. And Chris, I'm just grateful for your leadership, your friendship, and for this opportunity. Thank you, Glenn. It's, it's a pleasure to work with you. And as you say, keep chasing what matters. Thank you, Chris. 
been listening to a recent episode of the Denver Medical Study Group's podcast. Thanks, Chris, for inviting me to be on this growing podcast, and thank you for allowing us to republish it on our Chasing What Matters platform. And thanks to our listeners today for joining us. I hope that you're already following us along on our Instagram account. And until next time, keep chasing what matters. Oh, 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 oh